Father, it is my prayer at this time that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the hearing and understanding of those present would be acceptable in your sight now and forevermore. Amen. Well, this past year, along around, I think it was in October, as is my tradition, I came up with what I thought would be a good idea uh, for a sermon series during Lent. And, unlike past years, this year, I remembered what it was. I want to talk about some of the elements of the Jewish Passover celebration. Now, as we work our way toward Easter in this Lenten season, just, just so that we're all clear, um, the Easter celebration is really around Passover, a Jewish celebration that had been celebrated since, well, I guess since they got out of Egypt, because that's what it's really a celebration of. And it is just filled with tradition, and one of the wonderful things about this is this is very much how the people of Israel remember their history, is through these celebrations and festivals and feasts, because everything about it is about their history, but it's also very much prophetic. And I think we can learn a lot from it even today. I wanted to talk today about the tradition of spring cleaning, which, yes, that's part of Passover. Spring cleaning. Now, there are a lot of, you know, cultures all over the world celebrate spring cleaning. Well, maybe it's not a celebration. But spring cleaning is very traditional in a lot of different cultures, and it even gets worked into religious practices. I mean, we're coming out of winter time. The house has been closed up. There might be some smells. The windows have been closed. We've been indoors. It's time to open up the windows and shake out those rugs and maybe dust in the corners we haven't dusted in before for a while. My paternal grandmother was a, uh, a home economics teacher um, back long ago. And when she passed, we found her notebook that she used when she taught. And that's when we discovered that it was important three times a year to go and dust your attic. Robin and I have been in our house for 15 years now, and I don't think we have even opened the attic door once. I don't, I'm afraid to see what's up there at this point. We're just, we're just going to leave that. But you're supposed, there are things that we, we don't clean all the time, but spring cleaning comes around and we get, we get extra deep into the corners and, and maybe shampoo the rugs and just do the, do the little extra cleaning that we don't usually do the rest of the year. At least we're supposed to. So what does that have to do with Passover, you may ask? 
There's a great tradition, specifically in Passover, about sweeping the house out. It's very important that your house is swept out. Exodus chapter 12, verse 15 reads, For seven days you were to eat bread made without yeast. On the first day, moreover, the yeast from your houses, for whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through the seventh must be cut off from Israel. So the reason we're sweeping our house is to get rid of the yeast. Because as Passover is coming up, we eat the unleavened bread. Now in our communion service, not every tradition uses unleavened bread. I like to, but I don't think there's any rule that says we have to. I like to do it because that's part of Passover. And the Last Supper, communion is supposed to be representative of Passover. So I like to use this unleavened bread, the, the matzah crackers. But the idea is to sweep the house out because when you make your bread... It's not supposed to have yeast in it for Passover. This is looking back to the Exodus when Moses prepared Israel. They said, bake your bread, but bake it in haste because we're going to be leaving soon. So don't put yeast in your bread. Don't let it rise. We don't have time for that. We're doing this in a hurry. So we're getting the yeast out of our houses. Now, in our modern homes, it's easier for us to sweep. We have linoleum floors, wood floors, carpet with machines that do the sweeping for us, don't we? We even, now you can get those little robots that scurry around in the middle of the night and do all the vacuuming for you. I'm afraid to get one of those myself. I've heard stories. But still, this, this modern convenience, it's, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. But we're always sweeping the floor, aren't we? It always seems to need to be swept. If, if I walk around the house during the day without any shoes and socks on, as I am wont to, no matter how often I sweep, I still get little crumbs and things on my feet. And we're supposed to sweep all the yeast out. And then I found out there's yeast in the air. Robin was telling me this is how you get the, the sourdough bread. You, you, you mix your ingredients and then you leave it set exposed to the air and the natural yeast from the air settles in the dough. You can't avoid it. It can't be avoided. So what does this have to do with us? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, 
Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast that you may be a new batch without yeast, as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep this festival, not with the old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. No, it's not a cookbook. The Bible's not a cookbook. This is an analogy to our lives and the things that are in our lives. Paul specifically points out here um, malice and wickedness, but the yeast in our lives that affects the whole loaf, which is us, I'm probably more of a loaf than most other people, but the yeast that affects our lives is the sin we encounter. We can't avoid it. It ruins the whole batch. None of us is without sin. But we're trying to do better, aren't we? We're making that effort. And one of the things that we get to do at this time of year in the Lenten season with our spring cleaning of our houses is to spring clean this house as well. Our own personal selves. We get an opportunity to do better. Or at least to try and do better. That's a good thing, right? It's good for us to try to do better. One of the delights I'm experiencing right now with uh, uh, some of the men I'm working with in the uh, jail ministry is I've got a few guys who were like suddenly realizing that they can do better that they have to do better in their lives. There was a young man in his late 20s I've been talking to who pointed out he's been in and out of jail eight times in the last 12 years. And he said to me, you know, I need to do better. I need to stop doing the things that get me here. I've got two children to take care of, and I can't do that here. I've got a woman that I love on the outside that I need to take care of. I need to be responsible. And I can't do that here. He says, I have to do better. I have to get rid of my old ways. I have to get rid of my old friends and have new friends that aren't going to get me into trouble. It's so good to see that kind of thing. Somebody that can, that really wants to improve.
And hopefully we're like that as well. Now I know there was a point in our lives where we turned to Jesus and said, take me as I am. And we had to do that because there's no way we could be good enough on our own. Take me as I am. And Jesus took us the way we were because he loved us even like that. And from then on, we try to get better, don't we? Jesus still loves us. Unfortunately, recently I've been encountering people who have decided that, well, I came to Jesus in a sorry state and he's happy with me in a sorry state, so I'm just going to stay in a sorry state. It's sad. It's sad to see that. But one of the great traditions we have, particularly in this season of Lent, is giving up something we should have given up before anyway, right? I mean, not every, not every tradition does that. People will typically, you know, give up chocolate, which is really not good for you anyway, but oh, I love chocolate. In years past, I've given up things. Every, every few years, I give up something that's really hard to give up. I gave up television one year. That was rough. I went all the way through Lent without watching any television, which meant I usually had to be upstairs in my room because Robin and Kenny were downstairs watching TV. They didn't give it up. Didn't ask them to. That was me. So I spent time upstairs reading my Bible and whatnot. It helped me, it helped draw me closer to God. That's what trying to be better like that is about. And it's usually the things that we give up, if we're, if we're honestly giving something up, they're usually things we should give up anyway, aren't they? I have a friend who every year for Lent gives up alcohol. Except for St. Patrick's Day, she makes that exception. <laughs> I think we gave up meat together one year. That was rough. It was for me. But it's our time to change. It's an opportunity for us to clean house. And no, we're not going to be perfect. We're, we're not going to get all the yeast out of our house. The floors are never going to be perfectly swept. And we ourselves are never going to be without sin. but we try. We give it our best effort. As often as we clean our house, it still needs a little more cleaning, doesn't it? It's the same way with our lives. 
But that doesn't mean we give up. It means we keep going. We keep trying. We do what we can. Amen. This program has been copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attributes Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. If you would like to contact Colin, please feel free to email colinroberts412 at gmail.com. this service is over, your service may now begin. As we go from this place, let's go. Clean house. As best we can. Amen. <laughs>